In this series, lowimpact.org and the Open Credit Network talks with people working to build a mutually owned, democratic, decentralised economy that builds community and doesn't destroy nature. We want to increase collaboration to bring about system change. Find links to the sites mentioned in the videos in the description below. Join the conversation by liking, commenting and subscribing to our channel. Today I'm talking with Alice Brown of Sutton Community Farm. Hi Alice. Hi Dave. Um, so um, I'm interested in how we produce and sell food in the new economy. The, the current system is a bit of a disaster in terms of uh, environment and wealth concentration. Um, we've, we've interviewed the coordinator of the CSA network, the Community Supported Agriculture Network, Marisa. Oh, great, yep. Actually, she's not the, uh, she's not the coordinator anymore. Is she? Um, I've, I've met the new coordinator, Paige. I met her at the Control Shift Conference, and I'm interviewing Lynn Davis of the Open Food Network next week. Okay, great. Yeah, I know Lynn. But I really wanted to interview a real, honest-to-goodness CSA farm. And, and we're a customer of yours. We get our bag delivered every Friday and we put the old one out on a Friday morning to be collected. And we're very, very happy with it. It's gorgeous fruit and veg. We get, we get a medium sized fruit and veg bag. Nice. Um, Glad plus, to we, it. plus we get your recipes and we give your recipes a go. And uh, yeah, we're, we're very, very excited. And we tell everybody who, who comes to visit us that they're eating food that's produced on our <laughs> community farm. Um, Good. So I just want to introduce you and ask some sort of basic questions before we go a bit freestyle. Um, so what do you do? Uh, so I'm the farm manager of Sutton Community Farm, um, which has been around for nine years. We've got seven acres in Wallington in South London, uh, where we grow vegetables. Um, and then we sell them to the local community, um, both via our veg box scheme, which is what you're a customer of, um, and also to restaurants in London. Um, so straight to restaurants as well? Yes, yeah, to about probably about 10 restaurants in central London. Oh, well, in um, central London, not in southwest London? No, well, they just tend to be more central, I guess, the, you know, the more... They're like quite high-end restaurants, so yeah, they're kind of in in the central bit of London. Any names? Uh, like Chilton Firehouse, um, uh, the Hicks Group. So like, yeah, you know Mark Hicks's restaurants, lots of them. Uh, the Conduit, which is like a um, members club for people working in the social enterprise space. Um, so yeah, they're like a new members club. Um, so yeah, those kind of people. Um, but yeah, mainly we're selling to about 300 customers a week in South London. So we deliver kind of over most of South London and into Rygate and Red Hill as well. Um, and then the income from that um, supports not only kind of good, well-paid, like London living wage paid jobs in farming, which is really important because that's really hard to come by. Really hard to come um, by but then also supports our kind of community work, which is mainly around providing volunteering opportunities to our local area. So whether that might be people who are interested in learning more about growing food, or it might be people who just want to spend a bit of time outside um, or doing kind of physical activity. Um, and we also have some like supported volunteering opportunities. So 
um, that's mainly for people with learning disabilities. Um, and we also do like educational visits. So school trips will come um, and have a tour of the farm and learn a bit about food growing and healthy eating and that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, we've got quite a few different activities going on. Um, and the veg box is our main um, commercial support for, for that. Um, but obviously in and of itself, it also has quite a lot of benefits, um, helping people eat locally, eat seasonally, reduce their food miles, all this kind of thing. So what's, yeah. the, what's the main reason? Why do, why do you do it? What's the main reason? What problem are you trying to solve? Um, well, I guess you put your finger on it in the beginning, like the, the current, the current mass market food system has too many issues to, to name. Um, and we are really trying to demonstrate like a way, yeah, just demonstrate like the way that it could work. Um, and the way that people, yeah, the way that you can buy food. Um, and if this was available to more people, then it would make a significant dent in that global food system. So, you know, we grew 17 tons of produce last year, um, which is, you know, small on, on the global scale, but, but is making a significant contribution. Uh, and I guess we particularly think that peri-urban farming, which is what we would describe ourselves as being, um, has a real, there's a real opportunity there. There's quite a lot of, it's quite a lot of land available actually that, that could be used for food growing um, in close proximity to the cities where there's lots of people. Um, and so, you know, your market is, is there. And I guess um, you can have, um, you can have a community farm in a green belt, can't you? Yeah, exactly. Um, as long as they don't build it. <laughs> <laughs> how did you get into it um me personally i so i used to work for another food company um and i've always wanted to work in the food industry um because i just love vegetables <laughs> and food um and then i did this program on purpose um which is for designed for people who want to work in the kind of social enterprise um space um or have more purposeful careers what was that called again it's called On Purpose. On Purpose. Yeah, it's kind of like a leadership program and a career transition program. Um, so typically taking people who work in the corporate sector of some kind and um, helping them transition in more purposeful careers, which are going to help us kind of change the economy, um, as you mentioned, kind of change into something that's much more sustainable long term. Um, so yeah, so it was quite, this role is quite a good combination of my experience already in food retail and then taking in these kind of social enterprise and, um, yeah, the social enterprise elements, community owned elements. Did you say how old, um, how long certain community the, farms were? The farm will be 10 in February. So we'll be planning some kind of <laughs> 10th birthday celebrations, I'm sure um the veg box has been going for six years i think uh and i've been at the farm for about a year and a half now and what what's what successes have you had oh um so i mean definitely as i mentioned the 17 tons of produce that we produced you know last year and that's that's kind of a steady increase over the over the 10 years is it um and I, I would, I guess, I would say, as a community food growing project, we are more focused on actual uh, kind of production and growing significant volume of food than perhaps some other places where they're limited by the size of their plot, for example. So, 
yeah, we, we work really hard to produce things kind of in an efficient way, in a profitable way. Um, and yeah, so that's really exciting that we're able to do that. And we've, you know, we've recently built a new polytunnel on site. So we've got more covered space where we can grow, you know, the classic summer crops, tomatoes, cucumbers and so on. But it also means that in the winter, we'll be able to produce more over those winter months because the covered space gives you much better capacity to grow leafy greens, for example, in February. So that's great for our VegBox customers because you'll be getting a bit more variety and, and more local stuff from the farm come winter. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess from the VegBox perspective, like in July this year, we were doing we've done 25% more orders than we did in July last year. Um, so yeah, we're just working really hard on growing it and that's, that's a really good growth, but we want to keep growing more. Um, so yeah, we want to grow by probably what? Yeah, I said we're about 300 orders a week at the moment and we'd like to get to 400, 450 over the next year and a half or okay, so. Okay, you're looking for, you're looking for uh, 100 more customers? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Always looking for more customers. So folks, if you live um, in South London, yeah, <laughs> get in touch. <laughs> and what sort of um, what's your best case scenario? I mean, what ambitions do you have in the longer term? Um, so at the moment, we're about twenty five percent of our income comes from grant income. Um, so what we're really aiming for it comes from is, grant income. Yeah. So from um, from various different places, but. So, for example, we have a funder who is interested in the work we're doing with people with learning disabilities. So they fund um, the community coordinator role that we have. So they're a local trust. Uh, and then we've ha also had support from Power to Change, who support a lot of community businesses. Um, and then a place called City Bridge Trust, who like fund things to do with volunteering and environmental um, improvements and stuff. So, yeah. So, and they're all great funders but obviously you're just always got that caveat of you don't know well yes you don't know whether it's going to continue and you're quite reliant on those funders and we really want to demonstrate a financially sustainable replicable um model and how far are you from that if we can get to that 450 customers a week then that's that would be that would sustain us right. um that would cover all of our staff costs which is our biggest cost by far. Um, so yeah, so that's what we're aiming for over the next couple of years. Um, and that will, yeah, and we feel like that will be a really positive story if we can share that with people like, look, okay, it does take a few years, but you can get to a point where you're supporting um, growing, you know, growers being paid the London living wage and you're supporting a community enterprise without external funding. Yeah, I think I've, um, I think I've managed to get you a, a, a two or three new customers, but I'll pull my finger out. I'll tell, tell people what a good deal it is. Yeah, well, word of mouth is like, our, so about a third of our customers come through word of mouth. So yeah, it's really, really important um, and really helpful when people do that. What are the biggest obstacles you face, do you think? Um, so, I mean, I guess it is that growth. It feels, you know, I think it is very doable. Um, and, you know, another 100 customers doesn't sound like that much, particularly when we're dealing with the population of South London as a potential market. 
Um, so I think it is definitely possible, but it's not as easy as you might think finding those new customers and, and changing their shopping habits. Um, and I think we have to be realistic as well. Like, although we're obviously all converted to the veg box way of life, it is a change for people compared to going to a supermarket is a change in their cooking habits. Um, so it, it is a hurdle to get over even when people are really, really into the idea of eating locally and cooking seasonally, it, it does take a bit of persuasion. Um, so that's definitely an obstacle. Um, just, I mean, recently we've secured a 15 year lease with our um, landlord who is Surrey County Council. Um, that was a real struggle to get that security before we were on a rolling two year lease, um, which obviously from a farming perspective, Two years is not very long. Yeah. Do you, do you find the local authority supportive? So we're in an interesting situation. We're actually in the London borough of Sutton, but our landlord is Surrey County Council, which right. I can only assume is like a historical thing around the boundaries of the borders, um, which then I think puts us a little bit, you know, in between two camps, like neither party are that interested in what we're doing and not able to offer that much support. So they're kind of, they're supportive in, in, in theory, in practice, they haven't done that much to, to kind of, you know, support us financially or support us with other things. And it's like really I said- bizarre. It's bizarre, isn't it? You think it would be a great thing to have in your local authorities? Yeah, yeah, it's, I think, I mean, Sutton particularly, I don't, yeah, I know more about Sutton than Surrey, but Sutton, they, you know, their public health team has just been completely decimated. Um, oh, okay. so every contact that I get is that I'm then told that they've been made redundant. So I think it's just, you know, costs and team, it's just not at the top of the priority list, um, which is unfortunate because we are delivering <laughs> loads of public health benefits, um, you know, just quietly by ourselves. And if they supported us, then we could potentially expand that quite a lot. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. Do, do you think there are, I mean, okay, so there are, is there scope for uh, purchasing the land outright? Yeah, that's interesting. It's, it's not something that I've looked into particularly, um, but I think it definitely is worth, um, worth looking at. I think an issue that all farms um, face, and particularly in the Greenbelt, is although the Greenbelt land is protected and everyone... Um, yeah, it is protected. But on the other hand, every the people who own it kind of somewhat value it on the basis that at some point they might be allowed to build on it. And so that kind of artificially inflates the prices of that land. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I haven't, I haven't looked into how much it might cost us, but yeah, it's, it's certainly something that we should look into to try and secure that future long-term and to try and prevent it from being ever turned into, you know, a, hospital or um those kind of things which which is what they would be allowed to do if they could prove there was a need for a hospital for example then they could um build on that land i guess you're helping to keep people out of hospital <laughs> yeah exactly in lots of different ways so what can individuals do to help if people are watching this and think yeah i want to i want to help them what can they, i guess become a customer first of all yeah, absolutely. Number one, become a customer if you can, or if you have any friends or family in South London, then persuade them to become a customer. Um, 
You can also become a member. So we're a membership organization. Um, so you can make a, you can buy some shares, which is the minimum share is 30, 30 pounds. Um, and the cash that we raise from that goes towards infrastructure projects. So we're building a new building on site at the moment to accommodate the veg box growth. Um, so any um, yeah, shares that come in, we'll use to support that. And then it also means that you can come along to the AGM and you can vote on certain things and you can just be part of the farm community. So that's quite a nice way to get involved, even if you're not in our delivery area. Um, and of course, we're also always looking for volunteers. So we're open on Wednesdays and Saturdays um, for volunteers. Um, so you can have a look on our website and yeah, if you want to come along and help us with the growing or help us pack some veg boxes, then you're always very welcome. How many volunteers do you tend to have? Um, so we have like a core of, I'd say like 25 people who come very, very regularly. And, you know, I, we all know, on, know their names and they have their set jobs that they like to do and so on. Um, and they come every week for several hours. Um, and then we have another, you know, depending on the week, another 10, 20 people who come um, for the first time or come and just drop in because they've got some spare time. How much land did you say you had? 7.1 acres, is that what you said? Seven, yeah, seven acres. Seven acres. And um, who owns the business? What's the legal entity? Is it a co-op? We're a community benefit society. Um, so we're owned by our 400 and so members. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, and they, yeah, like I said, they, they all have kind of vote, voting rights and kind of help us decide what to do with the farm. So interesting one that we did at the AGM this year was we had a debate about whether we should become organically certified. Right. So we already um, farm to organic principles, um, but we wondered whether from a marketing point of view and also from a kind of sector support kind of view whether we should invest the time and the money involved in becoming certified it's quite expensive so we, isn't it uh yeah it can be so yeah i think we worked out the direct cost is about a thousand pounds a year right. a and then there's some indirect costs in terms of extra record keeping and that kind of thing i guess um, i guess as a customer i know that you don't use pesticides and chemical fertilizers and so that's good enough for me. And I know the kind of organization that you are and I know that you're not going to do yeah. that. So I, I just trust that. I don't need to see a... Yeah, so that was what we decided basically. Um, and obviously, and like I say, we're open to the public so you can always come along and volunteer or visit and you'll be able to see exactly what we're doing. Um, yeah, but then, you know, possibly there's some benefits to being able to explain to new customers or people who aren't so involved and in understanding of the sector or have never been to the farm maybe that's useful but on balance we we decided that it wasn't going to be worth the extra money and time involved um but that was an example of how we got the members involved and we had a bit of a debate at the members meeting um and then we made a decision that kind of you know influenced the farm and the way that we're going to run it um so that was quite fun it seems that the certification system is almost like a tax on organic farms it's it's it always seems to me that the certification should be payable for use of pesticides and chemical fertilizers. And so, and then the, the, the income that's generated from that can be used to subsidize organic farming. If, you know, if we had sensible people in charge, which we don't obviously. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, definitely. It definitely does feel like that. It's like you have to prove that you're doing something better rather than... crazy. (laughs) Paying for the privilege of doing something good. Yeah. Yeah, no, it does seem a bit... And it's kind of similar with the farm subsidies. Like, um, so farms under 20 hectares, I think, are not eligible for EU subsidies or the, yeah, yeah, whatever our version of the EU subsidies is. Um, So that kind of automatically excludes a lot of small scale agroecological horticulture, particularly when we're talking about vegetables, they're generally done at that smaller scale. That's, yeah. Um, But I know that like um, growing communities and like Land Workers Alliance and stuff are doing lots of lobbying around that. So maybe there's potential that that might change in the reasonably near future, because that would be really positive. 